Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manneker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. Judd Tully, you're the dean of the art market reporters. Call you the master. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You've just spent uh, a better part of the week uh, going to the sales. I wanted to talk a little bit about your impressions about the overall market and then maybe get into some of the real uh, detail in the sale. Well, I, I thought the, the market is incredibly strong. I mean, we're talking about Impressionist Modern, which in the old days, meaning, I don't know, 1980s, 1990s, um, that was the category that ruled. That was much, much bigger than post-war and contemporary art. And now it's, it's almost like old masters. It's, a, it's smaller. This season was unusual, especially at Sotheby's, because they had a small group of very top-class works. And each one of them made huge amounts of money, two sculptures and a painting. But, but did you um, notice that the, the room at Sotheby's had big empty patches, yeah. though there was standing room around the edges? Yeah. And I gather I wasn't at Christie's, but I gather Christie's was the same, that there were, were big chunks that were empty. And, and I suppose it could be two different reasons for that. One is what you just said. It used to be the centerpiece, hmm. the big category, and now it's sort of the warm-up uh, to the main show. Yeah, I mean, in part, I, I mean, th this is a kind of spectator sport for the most part. There are very few actual bidders in the room now. So much of the activity takes place on the telephones that are manned by various specialists or uh, heavy-duty players are up in skyboxes and kind of invisible. But um, yeah, you get the sense. The other thing I noticed, actually, at Christie's, um, they have in the back um, a platform where the television cameras, and there was like one camera there the other night. I was going, that's a little odd. But anyway, maybe it's, you know, waiting. Maybe the traffic was bad. Somebody couldn't get there. But No, it's, it's the yeah. big lot. I mean, this yeah. is the problem with the market. If it's not a major trophy that can lead the news with a record, the cameras don't uh, show up. Yeah. And I, I mean, to me, the other interpretation of what's going on is, is sort of the same with what you were saying, is it's a lot easier to follow along if you're an interested party without actually trekking all the way uh, uh, into Midtown, uh, you know, worrying about your dinner reservations. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can now, I mean, you can watch the sales online. Um, if you're also, if you want to be somewhere else, you might have an art advisor there or a dealer kind of sitting in for you. Um, a lot of people don't want to really be seen. And there's this whole game that goes on with the telephone bidders even that they might have, say, a Chinese-speaking telephone bidder. And then everyone goes, oh, another Chinese you know, work of art. But they sometimes mix that up to... You know, it's, it's a kind of, not shell game, but it, it's, it's, it has all these different little, my, one of my favorite, I mean, in terms of just the spectator sport part, is that you can almost like, you know, set your watch to um, about eight o'clock, the sales start at seven, and typically at eight o'clock, just like a quarter of the room stands up as if on cue and leaves for these dinner reservations. Yep. And so, you know, if you're a seller, you would want to have it you know, in the earlier part of the sale, I would think. 
Well, they and they both sales were fairly front loaded mm. to the, yeah. the the sort of big uh, mm. uh, spectator sport ones, uh, and I at least at Sotheby's there was a feeling that there were a lot of lots. And I think you mm. wrote about this that were getting cleaned up from previous BIs, you know, yeah. guarantees. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a smart thing. Um, one one thing that I, I, I noticed that about the sales in impressionist modern and again. You have the impressionist component, which again used to be, you know, that was the the really prime prime, the you know, the 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 Monet, the you know, the Renoir, whatever. Um, and those are becoming just rare. Most of these top works are in museums and these long-held collections. So when something does come up, you can see the market really goes after it. So it's not like there, it's not as if the taste has changed to such a degree that there's no interest in these top works. It's just the you know rarity of them coming up to be competed for. Well, but that's, yeah. those sales seem to have, have such trouble shifting gears. You know, you can see what they're trying to, to do. I mean, there were some uh, interesting Barbara Hepworth uh, mm. sculptures at Sotheby's, and they both, I think, did mm -hmm. uh, uh, fairly well. One was a Schlumberger, mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. other was, I think, the first or second uh, uh, a lot. Uh, and and she's an artist who seems poised to keep, you know, uh, gathering momentum. I mean, I quite like her work, and I think she is definitely undervalued. And, and uh, this one um, private dealer who acquired that first one um, even said that there, you can see now because she's now almost like graduated to the, um, you know, the modern side, the international side, and not just British, British modern, yep. which is almost like saying, you know, brown furniture or something like that. But, yeah. uh, but it should be pointed out that Francis Bacon was in the British Irish uh, sales not too long ago, yeah. uh, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And and that and that's what I mean. Someone like Hepworth looks like she ought to be the future of that category. Certainly, sculpture is really coming onto its own. I mean, in that scheme of things, and in terms of a trophy, I think sculpture now is is well, not just now, but you can see with you know another Giacometti going for a hundred million dollars. I mean, that's. And and then everyone acting like that was uh, yeah, uh, you know right. a disappointment and something. I know. <laughs> and that's really one of the most bizarre aspects of, of, of the, the 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 audience uh, at these sales, and including the media that covers it, is sort of so primed for oh another record is going to be set or this is going to double either the low side or the high side and when it just you know when it performs. In itself, it's sort of like, oh, was there something wrong with that piece? Which, virtually speaking of the Giacometti chariot, virtually every person that knows anything about Giacometti said it was the best work that's appeared at auction in, you know, almost in memory and beyond. But, so, you, but you know, mm. the best work isn't always the priciest, and you could almost see it in the sale. The the Van Gogh, which it was a very nice picture, and certainly, mm. you know, the rarest of the rare, but not the best of yeah. those. I mean, a, a, as someone, you know, a minus in, in being very generous. Yeah. Not not your you know, really fantastic example. So you, and 
very decorative and but obviously appealing to, to that taste. Well, that's uh, mm -hmm. uh, Simon Shaw had, I thought was the perfect adjective. He mm -hmm. described it as a global picture. Mm -hmm. And of course, it was bought uh, by a, a Chinese buyer. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's kind of one of the great things that this taste is being mm -hmm. developed. And it's a, it's a rare picture in the sense that any better Van Goghs out there, uh, uh, still lives, uh, are not going to be accessible. I mean, there are, I suppose, one or two floating around mysteriously, yeah, yeah. but most of them, we saw a bunch of them in the Met uh, uh, this summer, are just completely beyond yeah. uh, reading. But the Chariot, there's there are fewer of those kinds of buyers who really mm. recognize the art history and maybe have a collection, which mm. that could be the capstone to. Yeah, and a place to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, like Cecil B. DeMille type Chariot, but it was... Um, it's a significant object. Just going back for a second to the Van Gogh that um, that did so well. I mean, it made I don't know just over sixty million dollars. Um, ironically, compared to the what was classified as a masterpiece at Christie's, the Manet portrait, um, which made a record something like sixty-five million and was actually acquired by the Getty. So terribly significant on both counts, but again, the price was just slightly more than a, you know, less than top tier Van but, Gogh. Which, well, but yeah. that's again, the the market doesn't necessarily measure the best pictures. It measures, right. you know, the 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 measures the demand out there, mm -hmm. and they were very uh, clear. Even the Getty said they didn't think another museum was going to be bidding on it. And that picture, again, maybe too much of a connoisseur's uh, uh, picture to have mm -hmm. really, at a very rarefied level, excited someone up uh, above, you know, sixty million dollars, which is a lot of money, uh, no yeah. matter what. And even the, you know, it's funny the um, the Monet from Jim Clark, the mm -hmm. um, Alice uh, portrait, mm -hmm. which was very pretty picture, and you could have seen that going, but also an important picture. So you could have seen that be the place where things converged. It sold very well, but you know, again, a half of what we just described uh, these other two works. Yeah. You know, I mean, if if we were, who knows if they're going to change the categories? But again, you know, before impressionist modern became the top arena for prices, it was old master pictures, and now old masters are are there. I mean, it's just like a fraction of, you know, practically any other category. Yeah. And and I have to say, it, it's I've been so um, uh, mentally, well, maybe I suppose the word would be more corrupted by these prices that go on, and um, as the, you know, various in the impressionist modern, you know, starts it. Know, bidding started at 18 and then goes up and whatever to 50 million. I'm going, God, a Jeff Koontz sells for more than that, you know. And it's just like, and there's that, uh, you know, sausage-like piece, shiny piece out in front of Christie's, the, mon the monkey, the monkey, in, in, at, at Rockefeller Center. And it's like, ah, you know, this is where, this is the trophy area, and um, you know, but. That said, um, and again, I think the impressionist modern market now, you know, it's humbled by contemporary, et cetera, et cetera, but I think it still has um, 
you know, an audience, I mean, a, a, a consumer audience, a, a top, you know, well, deep-pocketed, serious, and even not serious, just trying to catch up and decorate your house for a billionaire serious. No, you know? there, were, there were a bunch of very pretty pictures that sold um, uh, this week. Uh, and there were some some difficult ones. I mean, you look at the Modigliani uh, head. That could have gone either way. And in fact, of all the pieces that sold, that's the one that is most sort of mysterious who the buyer might be. Because we know Modigliani has a, a strong buyer um, base in uh, Russia. Uh, we know that that piece has a sexy backstory uh, uh, to it. It's a very pretty piece, but it's maybe not, you know, colorful and all. all, all. So it was kind of exciting to see that be the one that uh, yeah. uh, there was three yeah, strong that, bidders on, on yeah, and they absolutely. went to the wall. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, that is an interesting part. I mean, the the, I mean, again, the the auction um, just as a sector. I mean, it's so pumped up with financial guarantees and various kinds of uh, less than transparent uh, uh, devices that make these things sell. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it is great when you can actually have a little bit of drama. Because in fact, both, um, I mean, the Giacometti was guaranteed. and. Um, I believe the Modigliani was. Yes. Yeah. So there were there were a number of other pictures that there were real uh, battles for. For uh, I, I noticed there that that landscape Picasso that I don't know how it got left over from Cuvier, but was uh, mm -hmm. uh, there, which a lot of people there was sort of serious bidding on, on. Uh, uh, and it was kind of interesting. I guess they they the estimate was quite quite low, but a lot of people jumped in after that. It didn't sell for a ton of money. I mean, in fact. There's that later, um, you know, uh, man that uh, sold for ten million dollars. But right, but the late, yeah, the sort of musketeer yeah. type, yeah, which was kind of small. And, right, you mm -hmm. know, again, it's one of those things. Some people have a taste for those, and right. and other people right. uh, uh, don't. But that that Cuvier took a Picasso. People seem to leap all over that. Yeah, no, I think there are, you know, the the. I mean, that's what was surprising to me actually at the Christie sale, which came the night after Sotheby's on Wednesday evening, and that was a much smaller sale. But it did incredibly well. I mean, practically everything sold. It was 90% sold by lot, which is very, very high. And, um, but there was, especially in areas like, uh, such as uh, works on paper, yeah. went crazy in, you know, like a, a Picasso, uh, a cubist collage through lots and, you know, it made multiple, you know, double its high estimate. And there was a, a futurist work from the same uh, collection. Um, was, uh, that, was that the collector or the, the lauder donation? I mean, what was driving Well, it, 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 it could be, you know, it, it, it is a combination. Certainly the, the show now at the Met with Leonard Lauder's spectacular collection of cubist works um, might, you know, certainly prime the atmosphere. 
Um, I don't think the collectors themselves, the, I think the couple, the, the Malamed, um, I don't think they were you know, known like, not Superstar like Bunny Mellon or something like that. But um, the quality of the works in that they focused for many years on these you know, works on paper and cubism um, and this other work that went uh, for a huge price, uh, Gino Severini's, it was a futurist piece and it was a, um, from the perfect year, well, the 1912, 1913, something like that. And it was a self-portrait and, um, and we're talking uh, very sophisticated in terms of you know, who could really appreciate this work. And, you know, it And, it, and works it on paper tend to be that. You know, the people yeah. who really get them yeah. are the serious yeah. collectors. Yeah, I, I think the, um, I think, you know, when you see things like that and, it, and you go, oh, yes, this is like an informed buyer. This is not, I mean, it's not trophy land. This is real, you know, so-called connoisseurship. So, well, it almost so. felt like Christie's, the one place they did stumble was with trying to sell a trophy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they had that reserve uh, uh, that uh, they guaranteed for a fair amount of money, and though it was very colorful, it didn't seem like there were... Yeah, um, it's a late, a late picture, probably too expensive. And um, the other thing that I, I found, it was very weird the way it was handled. I, weird isn't the correct word. It's more like it, it was, um, it appeared that the auctioneer sold the piece. He didn't say bought in or. Yes, he made some it, comment about the order book, I think. Yeah, it was like, you know, commission bid or something like that. And then afterwards, it was only in a press conference that Kelly Crow, the Wall Street Journal, asked. Um, someone from Christie's, w whether the painting had sold. And said, no, it, you know, it didn't. And, and, but that's the kind of, again, this kind of um, atmosphere of being, you know, we want to be, you know, the champion market leaders, blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and look, I think they're and, under a lot of pressure from, from yeah. people like us. Yeah. Now, now the room is much more open. Mm. They're televising it, and it's on the web. Everyone's tweeting, yeah. you know, every yeah. moment of, of the thing. Yeah. Everyone's got all this anticipation. I mean, it goes back to the um, Giacometti, where the only reason the Giacometti was a disappointment was because they themselves, in the previews, were so excited uh, yeah. uh, about it. Uh, and again, justifiably on the merits of the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the mm -hmm. work. But then sort of after that, everyone had gotten so primed. Mm -hmm. And so now I think you're right. There's, this, there's mm -hmm. such pressure uh, to perform. And as you said, a 90% sale is phenomenal, but there have been so many, especially in the contemporary art market, 90% mm. sales. Mm. Now when a, uh, in terms of the auction business, a very good 79% sell-through rate comes through, you get these press reports like it was a disaster. Yeah. When of course yeah. anyone in that business would be ecstatic Yeah, it would fall it. over dead if they could sell 80% of a show in a gallery or at an art fair or, yeah. No. Uh, um, or in an old master's auction where know, you know, 56, exactly. 60 can be you know, right. a, a, a reason to celebrate. But you do wonder whether they are going to, at some point, they being the auction houses, they've tried it at different points of maybe changing the categories and having, you know, it a, for a certain amount of time, Christie's had experimented with what they called 20th century work, where they divided the impressionists and modern, and, but it was a little bit too confusing and they gave up after a couple of seasons. But you wonder, you know, I mean, how many, um, 
you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for, you know, a Monet or um, uh, it, it's, or, or it's something that would be usually you'd consider to be what they call day sale quality yep. material. Um, you know, well, they pop into the evening sales and they kind of bring down the, uh, the energy by just stuffing the sale with, as Sotheby's did with, I think, 73 lofts. Well, that, that's a, you seem to see a very a distinct strategy going on this week where uh, Christie's, for a lot of reasons, they've had a lot of, of, of missteps with these sales, sort of decided that they were going to play it safe, get a really good sale off. If, if not for one painting, they really would have hit it out of the park. But I think yeah, along absolutely, yeah. everything was, they did really good business. They didn't get worried about the number. They made sure that mm -hmm. they did all, all of that. Um, and if you look at what mm -hmm. sold in the day sales, they had some very good um, sales in the, in, yeah. in the, in the mm -hmm. day sa sale. And uh, uh, Sotheby's seemed to be the other way around, which is, you know, we're, we're going to lead with this big stuff, and then we're going to try and pull all this other stuff uh, through with that. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed to work at least in the sense that they had a decent uh, uh, sell-through uh, and all. But there is this sort of fatigue, and it almost feels like some of the day sales are getting better because as the prices go up, the quality right. work goes into the day sale because mm. you know anything under a million dollars seems like it's a day sale of material, and that's still real money. Yeah, I, I think I mean one of my the one thing I do like like about the sort of whether it's like watching baseball or in terms of an auction was that um, and at this time this round at um, at Christie's just that. You never know exactly what's going to happen, but with the um, with the Manet painting, uh, it was basically a bidding war between these two telephone bidders, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just went on and on and on. And then when you thought finally, you know, this is coming to some conclusion, you know, someone in the front row, who was the old master dealer um, Otto Nauman, or he was sitting next to his son Ambrose. Bid, and then that's like a whole, you know. And it, it just, and when something gets, you know, in the room live, it's a person you can see them. It just sort of elevates the energy, and um, and well, he was just biding his time. He was letting the, you know, it was a very shrewd sort of strategy. I mean, just you know, waiting. The Modigliani <coughs> was the same. Mm. There, the uh, there was one bidder from the beginning to the end who I right. think was. Uh, no, actually, w w didn't get uh, the Modigliani, but the uh, Alex Rotter had the first one and dropped out halfway through, mm -hmm. and then another Sotheby's uh, a specialist sort of mm -hmm. picked it up and carried mm -hmm. it uh, through. I think I think what's interesting about when you're in the room and seeing the bidder in the room is seeing the decision making process. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always hard when you know often the bidder in the room is still on a telephone, a cell phone. Yeah. You can never tell yeah. whether they're that's right. They're, they're yeah. faking it because they need the yeah. prop, or they're really yeah. uh, taking it. But when you see the the real mm. pros, the guys who go with their instructions, mm -hmm. you know, who who don't don't need to uh, go back to the the client to, to get it done, you can see the the change of their expression, the timing, the waiting. I mean, even just when we see some of the increments in the bidding, which over the last few years, you know, the Chinese used to come in and jump a lot of bids. That didn't happen uh, yeah. uh, this. Maybe it'll happen next it, week. Yeah, and one, I think in one lot at Christie's it happened, but it wasn't, you know, it was kind of the, the you know, the, the kill bid or the, you know, yeah. and it, but it didn't work. But it, it does, you kind of wonder, like, 
you know, where they start and where it's going to go. And just, again, this kind of, um, like the, um, the Giacometti, where the auctioneer is basically just bidding on behalf of the seller off, off the chandelier, so to speak, although there aren't chandeliers anymore. But um, the... But, but the, yeah. what, what I find mm -hmm. interesting is mm -hmm. that the bidders, you know, the old pros, I get get mm -hmm. that, and and again, you know, mm -hmm. someone like Otto Nauman, mm -hmm. or you know, mm -hmm. or, or a dozen of the mm -hmm. the people in the room who may be buying for someone or for themselves, they usually, you know, they know when they want to go fast, they know when they yeah. want to go slow. But you hear on the telephones a lot now, someone who will, uh, uh, they will will take a half bid for fifteen minutes. They yeah. will respond, but they yeah. will they they want to they want to win, but not without spending a penny more than they have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and that almost sort of feels like that's the pressure of these new people. For one, they were over eager for a while. Now they're they're sort of more yeah. confident. That's but absolutely true. Yeah, the and and that's also true with the um, what used to, before the Chinese, the Russians were really gobbling up some you know in terms of Fauvism. Uh, those yeah. Renoirs, they used to yeah. suck up all the, the Renoirs. Yeah, the, the you know, particular taste, soutine, particular taste. And, but once they accumulate over, say, a five-year period, the pressure to, when your collection is sort of mostly formed and you're just kind of filling in here and there, that urgency, you know, leaves. So, yeah. And, I mean, the Russians have other problems now, too, but... Well, um, I, I, I do want to go back to the categories for yeah. a second because I, it, you know, categories are not about the material; it's about the customer, right? It's it's what brings the right mm. critical mass of customers uh, together, uh, and you know we've seen a couple of things. One with the rise of contemporary art and recent contemporary art, you know there there are there is a a late twentieth century category that didn't used to be that used to be contemporary art, but is now just the sort of blue chip uh, mm -hmm. late twentieth century stuff. And there's this whole other contemporary art world, often stuff from two thousand and eight uh, uh, forward, yeah. not even from two later. Yeah, 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 because they even have you know these new well, you know, I think it's uh, first open, and then under the influence is sort of very contemporary, you know, like you say. 2008 forward, whatever sales, because they really can't put these younger contemporary artists, say, in the mix of a you know seventy million dollar Warhol. Yeah. I mean, they, the it, the real estate is too precious. Um, they also so, get bludgeoned. I mean, they, they, yeah. it's like the uh, again, it's like if someone's bidding in the room, there's a sense of you know now we're going to let the kids play. Yeah, and even I mean, it, it's you see these sort of curious. Incursions. I, I think in Sotheby's had two. There were pr two prints that were in the evening sale. That the Minotaur. Right. I mean, very high end, but but not so a painting. And um, you know what? What is that about exactly? And then someone said, you know, this would have done better if it had been in a print sale because it would have been the top. It would have been the lead lot. Uh, anyway, well, but the, I think that's yeah. that's that thing mm -hmm. about you know there are art there are name brand artists that the global audience wants, mm -hmm. and you're uh, part of what they're doing there. I'm guessing is experimenting with 
look, we, you, we know people want Picasso. There's only so much Picasso we can give them. Is right? that we, true? Well, I, <laughs> I would think if they could get more Picassos, they, they mm -hmm. would. So I would guess that they're putting that there because there's someone from you know, South America, someone, uh, a global buyer, yeah. who uh, wants to buy in an evening sale, and you're saying, hey, actually, this is evening sale quality mm -hmm. material, which maybe the trade wouldn't feel that, that way, mm -hmm. but you know, that the, the buyers feel that. I mean, Sotheby's had 15 Picassos in their evening sale. I think 14 sold. I mean, it's, you know, from, it's like sort of like a mini retrospective of Picasso, uh, a market retrospective yeah. of Picasso. I think the, uh, one other just observation that it, it was uh, kind of not satisfying, but uh, in terms of Sotheby's this round in impression, Impressionist and modern. I mean, they have been getting killed in in the you know contemporary sector by Christie's I mean, season after season. So it is kind of kind of nice for them to get for at least you know 24 hours or so some nice headlines or nice uh, because they're you know publicly traded under pressure. Da da da. Um, well, they that, clearly, they, I mean, I, I think, again, one of the reasons there was that expectations mm -hmm. uh, mismatch is they clearly, having settled some of their uh, uh, corporate governance issues, they went out and said, look, we're going to make a statement. We're, this is our strong category. Instead of trying to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, immediately take on Christie's in, in contemporary, mm -hmm. let's make a statement where they're mm -hmm. having some trouble. And they guaranteed uh, two works, both of which they uh, mm -hmm. uh, they went out through their relationships and said, "Now is the time to sell, mm -hmm. and we'll yeah. give you this guarantee." So they they clearly they turned a uh, a three hundred million dollar sale into a four hundred and fifty million dollar sa sale uh, just with those two two works. Um, and so I think that built up some of their own excitement that also mm -hmm. translated. I mean, look, I think again. It's odd to me that we're having the sense of that this week was a little bit of a you know housekeeping before the show. When you look at the numbers in in 2011 in November, mm -hmm. they sold 300 and something million, and this uh, a week they sold something like you know 500. Yeah, uh, and and it was their it was their highest evening sale of any category ever for Sotheby's. So. You know, but but just yeah. the category itself yeah. is growing over over a three year period, mm. almost nearly double the volume, mm. and yet even so, because the other one is growing so much faster, mm. it just feels like it can't keep up. Mm. Judd, thank mm -hmm. you for doing this. I appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Intelligence Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com. 